Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. We are going to talk about quiet quitting today. I am fascinated by this topic. I'm mostly fascinated because I think it's interesting that people are acting like it's a new phenomenon, but I know plenty of people who have been quietly quitting their entire career. So let's talk about this. It's very interesting. The idea of quiet quitting is, of course, you're not outright quitting your job, but you're quitting the idea of going sort of above and beyond. So you're still performing your duties. You're still doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're meeting deadlines. You're doing your tasks, but you're not hustling. You're not trying to be the best. You're not being defined by your work. Rather, you're doing the bare minimum at your job to succeed so that you can do other things in your life, right? It's this idea of not giving anything extra to the job, doing what you're supposed to be doing for sure. And like you said, meeting those deadlines, but not being what many have termed a workaholic, right? Where you're incessantly checking email, you're wanting to be in every meeting, you accept every project anyone gives you and you make sure you get it done on time and you know with a lot of good quality. This is more like coasting. And to me, it's really sort of this work-life balance idea. The, the phrase work-life balance actually drives me crazy because I don't think there's any way to balance your work and your personal life. I, I think it's more like work-life integration. Like, how am I going to do both things? Not necessarily how am I going to keep them in balance. One of the reasons I think quiet quitting has become so sort of popular to discuss over the last couple of months is, of course, the pandemic. Like I said, there have been employees who have been quietly quitting their entire career, right? They do what's minimum. They do enough to get by. They do a fine job. It's not a criticism. Like they come in, they do what they need to do, but they don't do anything extra. With the pandemic, and this really tight labor market that we are experiencing right now, where applicants have multiple job options, they have multiple choices of industries and employers and places to go and things to do, that there's really this idea of, hey, I'm the employee and I have a list of, of wants, a list of desires, a list of needs. Maybe it's remote work, right? I only want to work remotely and I'm not going to do it anywhere else. So if you think about this idea of the great resignation or as some people call it, the great renegotiation, right? This idea of, hey, I'm worth something and you should really be valuing me. And if you do value me, this is what I need. I think quiet quitting is really just an extension of that, right? Quiet quitting is basically saying either I tried the great renegotiation, it didn't work, I don't feel like going anywhere else, so I'm just going to be here, or I'm looking for somewhere else, I haven't found it yet, in the meantime, I'm going to save all my energy 
for that search. And I'm just going to do what I absolutely need to do to get by in my current job. Now, one of the factors I think that is really important to consider about this whole idea, you know, the great resignation, quiet quitting, is the idea that there's a lot of job security right now. Like we talk to clients all the time, employers, big and small, in every industry across the country. And they will tell me, yeah, I've got these employees who, they're not that great, but I don't really know what I'm going to do to replace them. And so I, I kind of let them get away with a lot more than I used to let them get away with because I feel like I don't have a choice. I feel like I don't have a lot of options out there. So what that means, of course, is that the consequences of quietly quitting, of not excelling, not extending yourself for the job, have become less significant, right? The consequences are smaller. There's, there's less risk that you're going to get fired. And even if you do get fired, there's a lot of other jobs out there. So what are you so worried about, right? Now, the interesting thing about this whole concept is there's actually data to back it up. So the Department of Labor, they manage the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They manage data for the workplace. They've actually demonstrated a pretty significant drop in worker productivity over the last two quarters. Now, People have all kinds of things um, that they can say about why that might be happening, right? We've got a lot of people switching jobs. There's a really weird economy right now. Uh, many industries are still regrowing from the pandemic. We've got these growing pains that have come up because of remote work. We've got a lot of things going on. But I think it's also this idea that workers are valuing their private lives more. And I know that I certainly struggle with this idea. When I was a new lawyer in 1994, a long time ago, I worked my first two Thanksgivings and Christmases in the office because we had re some really important litigation that we were doing and that's what it required. And I worked a lot of nights and a lot of weekends and it never really dawned on me that I shouldn't be doing that because for me, that was how I'd always excelled in my life. Work hard at school, work hard in law school, work hard as a lawyer. That's how it was all going to happen. Well, then I woke up at basically the age of 50, um, newly divorced, seven-year-old kid, a, a daughter who needs time. And I started realizing okay, I have to give a little at work. That's when we stopped doing litigation because I couldn't go to trial for weeks and weeks on end if I'm going to be a single mother of a seven-year-old, right? That just wasn't going to work. So there's a part of quietly quitting, I think, that is good, that is a recognition of what we need to have in our personal lives, how to take care of ourselves, not being that so-called workaholic, right? I also think, though, that employers need to take a step and really look at why would their workers be quietly quitting? Is there something the employer can be doing to create a better work environment, to create a new work environment that incentivizes people to work hard and go the extra mile? And a lot of times that is hard to do. It's a challenge. It's something that can be very frustrating 
for certain supervisors and managers. They're, they're not really sure how to do that. But even something like setting regular one-on-ones, having a potluck, sending a card to recognize people's birthdays and their service anniversary, right? Just, just basic things like that can be so important. Now, I will tell you, there's a lot of controversy out there about quietly quitting, right? There are folks who say, I don't want quiet quitters working for me. I want people who are motivated and excited and bright and they creative and they, they want to excel at their jobs. And of course, we all want that. And when you sort of put that up against this, this culture that we have right now of a lot of movement in the workforce and people really redefining for themselves what is important, you have to work harder as the employer. You have to do a better job at creating an environment where people feel like they can succeed, they want to do their very best work, they want to be recognized. I mean, one of the things that I've always noticed for myself is people pleasing is a big part of what I do, right? I want people to feel like I've done a good job and I want their stamp of approval. The philosophy of quietly quitting is more about Look, I'm doing what you hired me to do. I'm not going to be motivated by you saying I'm doing a good job. That's not worth as much to me as it might be to someone else or maybe as much as it mattered to me before the pandemic, right? I have other things that I'm focused on and I want to make sure that I can get that work-life integration, right? Again, not the work-life balance but the work-life integration. So if you think you've got quiet quitters at work, what should you be doing? I mean, the first thing is you've got to be engaging with your team. And I know it's tough. I recently broke my leg and I had some rehab and I had to be out of work for a while. I was working at home, but definitely not as accessible as I usually am. And it was really tough. And I felt like I was canceling meetings and missing emails. And it was just a hot mess. And I, I apologized to our team because I, I said, you know, I've, I'm grateful for your patience during this time. I know it hasn't been that great. So I've got to find a way to make it a little more efficient and a little more helpful to everyone. So you have to be willing to look at yourself in the mirror, right? You have to be willing to get that feedback and to understand what's going on and what people are thinking and what's making people tick. Because the bottom line of it is, you're responsible for your organization's culture, right? You've got to do what you can to motivate, to engage, to inspire your employees to do their very best. And I don't think it's enough to say, well, this is a new philosophy. And because of the pandemic, people are lazy. I've read that. Unmotivated. I've read that. I just don't think that's true. I almost think Quietly quitting is sort of a cry for, look, I need my leaders to do a better job. I need my employer to care more about what I'm doing. Just the little things, things that, that might matter to folks. If, for example, they have a family member who's ill or they are having a challenging time with some other personal issue, something where you can connect with your folks. And then of course, you've got to be careful. You don't want to be constantly prying into your employees' private lives. 
But if your employees think you don't care, or if you're an HR department where you know you've got managers out there who really aren't as focused as you would like them to be on engaging with their employees and really being an effective leader, do some training. Get an expert in there to talk about what needs to be done. Get them a coach if you need to. Because I think quietly quitting is really a symptom. It's really a symptom of something that we need to improve. Our culture, our management, our leadership style, our work environment, there are areas that we need to do better in. And if you think about it from that perspective, you realize that you as the employer, the supervisor, the manager, the HR director, you really have a lot more control over quietly quitting and the great renegotiation and the great resignation than you might actually have thought, right? You have some real authority and power in changing that dynamic. Now, listen, are there always going to be people who are doing the bare minimum and they don't care what you do? You can be the best manager or supervisor on the planet and they're still not going to be motivated. They're still not going to do what you think they should do? Sure, sure. But I think most people as a group, they want to do well. They want to be recognized for good performance. They want to be appreciated for the value they bring to the organization. So take a minute to think about quiet quitting. Think about whether you think you've got any of that going on in your workplace. And if you do, get creative. Talk to people. Figure out what you can do to improve that. What's going to make people more motivated and more excited and more dedicated to what you're doing at work. Thank you all for joining us here today. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter and email us at info at shalagroup.com. Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.